Welcome to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. I'm Josh Elledge, founder and CEO of UpMyInfluence.com. We turn entrepreneurs into media celebrities, grow their authority, and help them build partnerships with top influencers. We believe that every person has a unique message that can positively impact the world. Stick around to the end of the show, where I'll reveal how you can be our next guest on one of the fastest growing daily inspiration podcasts on the planet in 15 to 20 minutes. Let's go. All right. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to The Thoughtful Entrepreneur. I'm your host, Jen Amos, and I'm really excited, as I usually am, because I get, it means that I get to interview another incredible entrepreneur or small business owner in the world today. So I want to introduce you all to John Briggs, who is the founder and CEO of Insight Tax. So John Briggs, a little bit about him. He graduated from Brigham Young University with a Master of Accountancy in Tax. He worked on corporate taxes and trusts in Orange County, California uh, with Deloitte one of the four largest national accounting firms. With his educational background and work experience at Deloitte, John took a position as controller for a Dish Network door-to-door sales company located in Provo, Utah. John, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, it's my absolute pleasure for having you. I know that I said a lot to in your bio, but for people that are hearing you for the first time, why don't you share maybe in simple terms what you do? Well, um, Ultimately, we wake up every morning helping people stick it to the IRS. Um, we, <laughs> we just have this feeling that the government's not really good at spending anybody's money. Mm. And mm. so we're pretty passionate about helping business owners keep as much of their money as legally possible. Mm-hmm. And we do that through tax strategy, tax consulting, and cash flow management services. You are speaking my language. I I hate to say this and not, I hate to include politics, but I was just having a friend that uh, really feels like quote unquote wealthy people should pay more taxes. But if you know, if you are a business owner, um, you know that you could actually have the tax system or the taxes work in your favor. And so having someone like you communicate that (laughs) is great. I'm curious if you had anything you want to say to people who think like, oh, wealthy people or business owners should get taxed more. Yeah, um, honestly, I've been studying a lot about confirmation bias, mm. um, and we all have it. Unfortunately, what that means is sometimes we ignore the real data. So if we take out politics from it, the data shows that the treasury actually receives more dollars when the tax rates are lower. Mm. Um, so I, I get it, you know. There are there are some unfair taxes out there, mm-hmm. um, and I'm, I don't think anyone can argue with that. But I think just the blanket idea of let's tax the wealthy is never a great idea. Um, mm-hmm. One because they have more resources than other people; they will figure out a way around it. The tax mm-hmm. code is seventy six thousand pages, mm-hmm. and it's created with a lot of help from lobbyists who receive money from wealthy corporations. Mm-hmm. So, like it. It's just better to think about it as the tax code lays the foundation for the game and the Mm -hmm. government tells us which areas they'll reward you for and which areas they'll penalize you for basically. Mm -hmm. And so it's, then it's our job to just figure out how do I get the incentive that the tax code has built into it versus living on the side where I'm being penalized. Um, So in general, I think everyone should pay their legal fair share and nothing more. Mm -hmm. And if we do that, 
the reality is our economy is going to be a lot stronger because, you know, 95% of businesses are small businesses. Mm -hmm. And really the economy sits on our shoulders as small business owners, not the fortune 100 companies. Mm Well, John, thank you for saying that. I feel like you gave me ammo to have a intellectual conversation (laughs) with my friends that think that way. But if anything, you know, sometimes it's just not worth the conversation. It's not worth picking that fight. But I just appreciate you explaining that and knowing that, you know, really having people understand that there is, there are rules to the game. And the important thing is to learn them and use them to your advantage. Exactly. Yeah. So John, let's backtrack a little bit before you uh, decided to pursue, uh, you know, getting a uh, pursue accountancy and specializing taxes. What led you to, you know, get into the study um, and ultimately starting insight tax? Um, you know, two things come to mind. The first one was um, I was bullied as a child. Mm. Um, I grew up in Huntington beach, California, Southern California. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, just, I don't know there for many reasons, I guess. Um, I was the easy target to be picked on. And so since that young age, I just feel like my radar goes off when I see elements or scenarios of bullying. Mm. And I think one that gets overlooked is the way the IRS treats taxpayers. Um, I think the IRS is a very large bully organization. Um, And what people don't realize is a lot of times the auditor that they're dealing with, who's the one trying to enforce some of these rules, they're actually they don't know more than the business owner does. Mm. Um, Their training is only limited to the policies the IRS wants them to implement and not necessarily the tax code. Um, So that was one, like I just saw this element of people don't realize they're being bullied by the IRS. Yeah. And the other one was I had a a mentor in my life in my um, early twenties. And I just asked him, I said, look, you've known me now for a few years what do you think I should do? Like, you know, you just ask someone who has more wisdom than you. Right. And he suggested Mm -hmm. I do something related to business or, or law. And the benefit for me was both of those tracks at my university at BYU had me go through the accounting program. Mm -hmm. And, um, accounting was the first subject in my life where it just clicked. Um, it makes me weird. I get it (laughs) because I'm an accountant now. And um, the numbers clicked and the way all their weird rules that people don't want to talk about because it gets boring. Um, it just clicked. It was the first time. So it, I looked at that and then I looked at the bullying of the IRS and I just kind of felt really called to go down the tax path yeah. um, to maybe help people avoid being bullied. Yeah. I appreciate you uh, sharing that, John, and kind of going back to your childhood and feeling uh, bullied and tying that into what you do today. Because, um, you know, this just reminds me of every time during tax season, it was a little weird in 2020, obviously, because we can all file our taxes a little later. But every year, um, if people weren't paying attention, you can get these random threats, like via text message or voice messages, supposedly from the IRS. And lucky me, I I have a really good tax preparer who always said, never answer those. 
those. Like never pick those up because, you know, the IRS will only contact you if they send you something in the mail, but they will never call you, email you, text you. They'll never do that. Um, but a lot of people, unfortunately, may fall for that. And it just reminds me of going back to that conversation I was having with one of my friends that people don't really understand. A lot of people, the average person and maybe even business owner doesn't necessarily understand um, taxes and the IRS. And so I think it's great that you, um, you know, with your background where you are today are providing good out there to especially small businesses um, who I think at this weird time is getting screwed the most, <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah. And it's funny. Um, I'm going to completely agree with your statement. Most small business owners don't understand taxes and the full scope of how they work. I mean, if you think mm -hmm. about it, if someone's doing their own taxes, mm -hmm. they're doing one or two tax returns a year. Compare mm -hmm. that to an accounting professional who is maybe doing a thousand, two thousand returns a year and is on a daily basis dealing with the crap the IRS is trying to sling out there and the scammers. Yeah, mm. we certainly we get phone calls from clients very anxious. Like this guy calls, he says he's from the the whatever Texas division of the FBI's IRS investigation. I'm like, hold on. Do you even hear the words that are coming out of your mouth? Like none of those <laughs> make sense. They don't. And so we have to talk them off the ledge, the same thing, but we know they work. The scammers, yeah. it's working for the scammers or they would, they would pick a different tactic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, you know, obviously we're here to talk about um, tax strategy for small business owners um, and you know what you do today. So for maybe for small business owners that are hearing this for the first time, or actually, let me, re let me rephrase that. What do you think um, maybe given current times or maybe in general, um, what is the number one thing that you think most business owners overlook when it comes to their tax strategy? Um, I'm going to say, I'm going to go with two. The mm -hmm. first one is the proper entity. Mm -hmm. And an entity is literally just the legal formation, but it's a word. Uh, attorneys love to make up words that make them sound smart. So they say mm -hmm. entity instead of business structure. Um, so that means LLCs, S corporations, partnerships, sole proprietors, all of those are entities. Mm -hmm. They all get taxed slightly different. And it's really important for the small business owner to understand based on their business and the type of income they make, they need to have the right entity or legal formation um, that matches that income. Mm -hmm. We will, for example, um, in most cases, uh, I'm not even going to throw out a percentage because most is pretty inclusive. Being a sole proprietor where you actually are basically operating your business under your personal name is the most expensive tax racket mm -hmm. and it's bad and it's very easily avoidable. Mm -hmm. um, so if, if anyone listening is a sole proprietor, I recommend talking to a tax professional because there's likely a better structure out there that just by switching to the right business structure you'll save taxes. Um, the other biggest thing is just a general idea of what is a write-off and what isn't a write-off. Mm -hmm. um, unfortunately, in my profession, I feel like CPAs get to this point where you feel like they're working for the government more than they're working for you. Mm. But the reality is the government doesn't pay their bills. So let's protect the taxpayer. Let's protect our client and deal with the conversation with the IRS if we need to have that. Because you never want to take a stance you can't defend. Mm -hmm. But the idea is this. Um, if you're spending a dollar as a business owner, ask yourself, is this 
somehow tied to my business in any form, shape, or fashion. Mm-hmm. If it is, that makes it a write-off. If it's mm-hmm. tied to your business, it's a write-off. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, um, things are over, expenses are overlooked. So when we have a new client come in, we recommend they go back through their last uh, 12 months or the, the year statement. So if we're in November now, we'd say, let's go back and look at your last 11 months of bank statements and credit card statements and make sure we're capturing every single business expense possible because the code allows you to write that off. We might as well write off every single thing that we possibly can under the rules. But a lot of times, sometimes, well, yeah, they'll go and ask their CPA, Hey, I'm thinking about doing this. Can, can I write it off? And CPA will just flat out say, no, no, you can't write it off. When in reality they could, maybe it just means they need to think about the expense differently or, um, spend the money in a little bit of a different way or do a little bit of a tweak to make it a business write-off. Um, so there's, there's just a lot of business deductions left on the table is what we find when we meet a new client. Yeah. Yeah. You know, one of my favorite things to do before, um, the, the lockdown and not going to coffee shops is I would write off my coffee. I would go to coffee shops. I'd bring my laptop with me and I would always make it a point. Like every time I go through my um, expenses, I'd be like, yep, meals and entertainment. <laughs> it's all down there. And because that's technically, you know, a workplace for me. Um, and this yep. is a, wor- a, a thing I'm purchasing for work, you know? And so I, sometimes I would feel a little guilty about <laughs> writing off too much, but then again, at least with my tax preparer um, and, and you can help me with this, but they've let me know like, Oh, well, we, we only did like we only we divide it in half and then we write off the half of the total of the you know meals and entertainment or meals that you're spending um you're spending on and so that made me a little more unapologetic (laughs) for whenever i would grab coffee yeah exactly the irs allows you to write off your business meals um they their rules limit it to 50 percent of what you spend Mm -hmm. so if i spent two thousand dollars over the course of the year on meals for business i get a thousand dollar write-off Yeah, I think that's a good way, good example for people who um, don't want to do the math in their heads. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, um, so John, thank you for uh, sharing a little bit about that. You know, telling the most common thing that small business owners and even sole proprietors should look into um, are, you know, um, choosing what their entity is for their business um, and and understanding that sole proprietorship is the most expensive way to go as a business owner, and then also being aware of what you can write off. And so I am curious now, um, those are really good examples for clients that have uh, come your way and that work with you. Um, tell me about like, let's say the process of a, a new business owner or a new clientele that reaches out to you. What does it look like to onboard them and work with them typically? Um, well, usually with our onboarding, uh, it sits, we have to sit down and figure out what the client's trying to accomplish. Mm-hmm. Um, one of our approaches, which is different than most CPA firms, is we're not in it just for the compliance. Sure, that's a required element of what we do, but our goal is to help our clients grow their wealth. Mm-hmm. And so it's important for us to understand what that looks like for them. What are their wealth goals what are their business goals? Do they have exit strategies in mind? Are they looking to build a structure? Are they wanting just a lifestyle business, right? Mm-hmm. Depending on where they want to go, then we then apply the tax code and strategies and cash flow management um, strategies to what they're looking to accomplish. Mm-hmm. Um, and so ultimately, it just comes down to having good conversations and then giving them the advice based on what they're asking for. Mm-hmm. I like how you say wealth goals, because it's not just 
business goals or financial goals. It's like, hey, what's your long-term goal with this business? You know, some people, they just want to maybe have it as extra income on the side, or maybe they actually want to leave a legacy. And so it's really, I think you're the first person I've I've heard say, like, what are your wealth goals? (laughs) Um, And I think in a way that already tells me that uh, Insight Tax is unique um, compared to most CPA firms, as you mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, John, if there's anything else people need to know about Insight Tax, what would you like to tell them? Uh, you know, we love helping business owners keep as much of their money. Like we, we get that most work a heroic amount of hours, mm-hmm. but often find themselves living paycheck to paycheck. Yeah. You know, so we, our services, our tax strategy, um, the cash flow management stuff that we do is designed to help the business owner be able to go home at dinner time and sit down with their family and their loved ones while their business still thrives so they can stop the, you know, rat race as some people call it, mm-hmm. um, start saving some more money and work towards that ultimate goal, whatever it may be, whether it's a legacy or selling their business or what, whatever. Yeah. I appreciate you saying that. I think sometimes, um, before we know it, we've sort of created our own job, our own rat race. <laughs> and we have to remember why we got into business in the first place. And I think a lot of times small business owners, if we're talking about rich dad, poor dad in the Robert Kiyosaki cash flow quadrant, a lot of people are coming from that employee mindset and thinking the next natural leap is to be self-employed, but that's essentially owning another job. And so having that conversation with them and saying, Hey, what are your real wealth goals are? Like, do you just want to work countless hours and, and feel overworked and unrewarded and underpaid, um, that's, that's not going to be sustainable. <laughs> and so I think it's great to have that conversation with your clientele. Yeah. Um, we definitely see burnout. And like I said, kind of in the beginning, I think the economy is healthier, the more small business owners we have out there. So we kind of don't want anyone to burn out. Mm-hmm. And the best way to do that is that they figure out how to manage their cash and ends up being paying taxes. One of the largest expenses we all have. Mm-hmm. as taxpayers. Um, and so let's reduce that and find other ways so that your cash amount, your wealth continues to grow year over year. So you have more flexibility and there's zero reason for you to ever feel burnout. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. So John Briggs, again, you are the founder and CEO of Insight Tax. I want to shift gears a little bit and talk to, talk to you as an entrepreneur. What would you say is your number one secret to being a successful business? Believing and investing in your team. Mm. Um, I mean, I remember when I started and it was just me and I made that scary first hire for a personal assistant. I mean, we joke about it still. She's like, okay, well, what do you want me to do today? And I'm like, ah, <laughs> I don't know. Check, check my email. <laughs> like, right. And now she's, um, you know, she's basically our chief operating officer. We have 2016 wow. members. Um, Like, so for me as an entrepreneur, I look at why am I in business? And as I mentioned, it's to protect people, to stick it to the IRS, protect them from being bullied and help them grow their wealth. And I can do more of that by training other people to see the tax world the way I see it. Hmm. So instead of being limited to, I can only serve 200 or 300 clients, I can now train another person. Now they can serve 200, 300 people. And then I can train another one and they can serve. So now as a company, we're serving thousands and thousands of small business owners. Um, And all of that happened because I invested in good people Mm. and I let them 
Um, give, I gave them the autonomy that A players really deserve instead of kind of stifling them with a whole bunch of rules and things like that. Yeah, I think that's awesome. I think, first of all, uh, the fact that you um, were able to delegate, you know, you were able to trust other people. I think that's something a lot of small business owners initially may struggle with is the hiring process. But then it's not just delegating, but empowering them to actually make their own decisions and be creative and improve the company as a whole. And that takes um, a lot of faith in them, but also selling them that vision early on that, hey, you're a part, you're not just an employee, you're part of the company, you're part of the growth process. And we want to hear from you. We want, we want your contribution to this business. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a difference between delegation and abdication. Mm. And I made the mistake in the beginning. I thought I was delegating by just saying, I need you to do this. Mm-hmm. But in reality, I was abdicating my responsibility. Um, I didn't give them good guidance. I didn't actually help them understand that they were the ones that were going to be responsible and accountable for that job description. And so, um, it ended up, those sort of scenarios ended up falling apart mm-hmm. because ultimately if they don't feel ownership over what you're asking them to do, they're not going to perform at the level that you really need them to perform at. Mm-hmm. Um, so delegating is, is it looks the same, except you then provide support and continue to reinforce your trust in them so that they understand they can take that responsibility with confidence and um, they ultimately feel more fulfilled in their work life uh, if you give them that responsibility and they can own it. Right, right. They feel like it's theirs. And so they, and they don't want to let, first of all, they don't want to let themselves down. And so they don't want to let you down and they want to prove, you know, this, they want to prove what they're responsible for. <laughs> you know, they want to prove that they can handle it. <laughs> yeah. Um, John, it's been an absolute pleasure uh, speaking with you today. Before we go, I just want to make sure that we've covered everything that you want to share today. today. So is there anything else you want our listeners to know about you, about Insight Tax, or about entrepreneurship as a whole? You know, we just, we love what we do. Um, We're happy to help anybody. And I think about business owners, and if you're listening, just stick with it. I know 2020 has been a hard year, Mm. um, and hopefully you're pivoting the best you can to the new changes that need to happen, but stick with it. Our, our world needs you to continue to serve as a business owner. Beautiful. John, thank you so much for being here. I've really enjoyed our conversation today. Thanks, Jen. Yes. And to our listeners, once again, this is John Briggs, the founder and CEO of Insight Tax. You can learn more about him and his company at insighttax.com. Thanks so much for joining us and we'll chat with you next time. Thanks for listening to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest. Now, if you've got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. Now, if you do that, tag us with the hashtag upmyinfluence each month. We scour Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. We pick one winner from each platform, and you get crowned king or queen of that social media. Now, what do you win? Well, we're going to promote you and your business to over 120,000 social media fans, totally free. Now, 
Can you also hook us up? Now, in your podcast player right now, please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. We promise to read it all and take action. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill that mission. And while you're at it, hit that subscribe button. You know why? Tomorrow, that's right, seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. 15 minutes a day. Now, my name's Josh Elledge. Let's connect on the socials. You'll find all the stuff we're doing at upmyinfluence.com. Now, thanks for listening, and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement. Thank you.